welcome to Kingwood United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're listening from and whatever service you're listening to, we strongly believe because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there is always more to life. Good morning. It's good to be with y'all here today. Uh, kids are dismissed. I guess K through 12 are dismissed. Uh, Karen wanted me to... M- K through second. K through second. Uh, you could go 12 if you want. We are in desperate need of people to help volunteer. Uh, we really do need people to help volunteer with our children's ministry. Karen was telling me before the service that uh, it's beginning to impede our ability to, to do ministry effectively because we do not have enough people volunteering for the children's ministry. So if you feel like that's something God is calling you to help out with, if you have a calling to show Christ to children, I would just encourage you to sign up uh, during communion or to just come and see me or one of our children's ministers after the service. Like I said, my name is Pastor Jeremy Bass. I am the primary preacher of this service and the pastor of discipleship here at KUMC. We are doing a short, like, two-week series before we get into the school year called Reset My Heart. And it's looking at, before we get into the patterns and the rhythms that school brings and all the schedule, that we want to just not fall back into old ways of doing things or fall back into unhelpful patterns and habits, but we really want to set up this new year, this new season, in a way that is glorifying to God and edifying to our souls. And so we need to hit the reset button on some patterns in in our lives in order to be able to do that effectively. And I want to start off with a story about how I am not a neat person I was the terrible roommate that you had in college who never cleaned up after himself, uh, who never did his share of the dishes, who was letting things soak in the sink for a week at a time. Uh, I was that guy. And I would like to say that being married has fixed that, uh, but sadly it has not. And me and Erica are in this eternal struggle of her trying to get me to be a neater person and me uh, refusing to budge an inch. Uh, We're trying to get better and better, and I'm trying to get better and better, I promise. Uh, But I always find myself falling back on my old habits and my old patterns. Because growing up, what would happen is I would keep my room super messy all the time. It would just be like a bomb went off in the room. And then about once or twice a year, when we had guests come over, my mom would say, all right, Jeremy, it's time for you to clean your room. Uh, It's Thanksgiving coming up. We're having people coming over, and I'm going to show them the house. I said, Mom, it's our relatives. They know what our house looks like. I don't need to clean my room. And she said, I don't care. You're going to clean your room. And so how I decided what would be a good way to clean my room was I took all the junk that was on my floor, and where did I toss it? Right in the closet, not in the trash can, Kate. I threw it right in the closet. And that's what I did is I, I, I never sorted through my junk closet. It just kept accumulating more and more and more. And about every so, few months or so, my mom would be like, all right, Jeremy, time to clean this mess of a room again. And all that stuff, boom, right in the closet. And it got to the point where when I would open my closet door, just stuff would come piling out. And I have to like push the door shut in order to keep all that junk in the closet so that way the house would be good for guests to see. 
And that's what we do in our lives so many times. So we take all of our junk and we just throw it into a junk closet. And so let's see what the Lord wants to do in response to that. We're going to be not really having one main scripture passage. We're going to be looking at the scriptural idea of the heart. We're going to be starting off with Deuteronomy 6, uh, the Shema, verses 4 and 5. It's one of the most famous passages in the Old Testament. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This was a daily prayer for the Jewish people at the time. This was something that they said every morning. It was literally on their doorposts that they would say going in and out of thresholds. They would say the Shema over and over and over again. And one of the key things that we're going to look at in Shema is what it says in verse 5, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. What does it mean to love the Lord with all of your heart? We first need to look at how did the Hebrew people understand the heart? Their concept of the heart was a bit different from ours. We think of it just kind of as this beating thing in our chest, and we know that our emotions and our intellect, those all come from the brain. In those days, they thought all of our intellect, all of our emotions, all of our desires, they were seated not in our head, but they were seated right in our heart. And so when the Lord calls his people to love you, love me with my whole heart, it's a call to love you, to love the Lord with everything that you have within you. All of your intellect, to love the Lord with your thinking, to love the Lord with your emotions, to love the Lord with the desires and the affections of your heart. That the heart was the center of what it meant to be human. It was the center of the human experience. And so therefore, we should take all that we are, that it means to be human, and orient that towards the Lord. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, this is what you should do, guard your heart, because everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from the heart. And so the call here in Deuteronomy to love God with our whole heart is a call to love him with our whole being because everything we do according to the scriptures flows from our heart. That we're called to love God with our thoughts, with our intellect, our affections, our desires. All of our being is meant to be pointed towards God. And I don't know about you, but I am perfect at that. Uh, I never fail at that. Uh, I am always 100% directed towards the Lord, uh, or is it just, am I the only perfect one in here, or is, is, this, is this just a bunch of sinners in here that can't uh, always direct their heart towards the Lord? Because what we see in Scripture is that the fundamental problem that we find over and over in the Old Testament is that this is the call of the Lord, love me with all of your being, and the people of God are unable to do so. And the reason they're unable to do so is because their heart needs replacing. They need a new heart. There's corruption in the human heart. The problem of the Christian faith, the core problem according to the faith is an inward problem, not an outward problem. And if it's an inward problem, it needs an inward solution. The fundamental problem with us is a problem of the human heart. 
Jeremiah 17, the prophet, says this to Israel in a time of great idolatry and wickedness. He says this in 17.9, The heart is deceitful above all things, and beyond cure. Who can understand it? The heart is deceitful above all things, and beyond cure, who can understand it? First Tennessee answer, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. The heart is deceitful. It leads us astray. It tells us we should love this thing or love that thing, and it deceives us. Common saying in our culture today is, follow your heart, do what your heart tells you to do. And we see here in Scripture, your heart will deceive you. If you truly just follow your heart, it will lead to ruin and destruction because your heart deceives you into what it thinks is right. And we need a new heart, a regeneration of the heart, we need to be born again, a need to be created new because the old cannot work. That the heart is corrupted, and the Lord is the one who searches our corrupted heart. Thanks again for joining us for today's message. We will return to the sermon in a moment, but first, we would like to ask for you to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. We believe God is doing some amazing things here at KUMC, and your feedback helps our church to reach new listeners that we wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Now, let's get back to the work. central problem for the book of Jeremiah. It's it's a prophet going to Israel and saying, hey, you need to repent. You need to stop doing the wickedness that God hates or calamity and judgment will come upon you. And what you see over and over again is the people of God who are unable or unwilling to repent because of the hardness of their heart. And so the solution that we see in the Bible is to come and give us a new heart. That we are not people simply in need of a small tune-up here and there. That we are in need of a complete and total regeneration. We need a brand new heart. Prophet Ezekiel says this in 36, 26. I will give you, this is God talking about what he'll do to his people. I, the Lord, will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. At the core of the gospel is about a heart of stone becoming a heart of flesh. To truly love God like scripture calls us in the Shema and that Jesus later reiterates in his gospels. To truly love the Lord like we are called to do, we need to be people who have new hearts. And that's not something that we do on our own strength or our own efforts. It's something that is only done by the grace of Jesus Christ. That the grace of Jesus is how we are regenerated and how we get new hearts. It's not by works. It's not by trying harder. It's by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, by surrendering our heart to him. And so as we reset our hearts in this series we need to start off with a posture of surrender. 
of surrendering our hearts to the Lord. And not just surrendering our emotions to the Lord, surrendering it in the Hebrew concept of, of our hearts. Surrender our, our minds to God, surrender our emotions, our desires, our affections to give everything to the Lord. And maybe that's you today and you've never truly given your heart over to Jesus. You've come to church and you've done the forms of religion, you've done the good things, you've done the Bible studies, you've done all these good things that you think Christians ought to do, and from the outside it looks like it's fine, but inside you still have a heart of stone. And maybe today is the day that you finally give that heart of stone over to the Lord and let him give you a heart of flesh. Or maybe for many of us, we have a heart of flesh, but we haven't given the fullness of our heart over to the Lord. Now, we do like what I did growing up, that I'll clean up my room and I'll take all my junk and I'll throw it in the closet. And then I say, Jesus, welcome to the house of my heart, and we'll show them around and we'll show them, look at all these nice, clean rooms, Jesus. Isn't this incredible? And then Jesus will walk around into the rooms of our heart and he'll say, hey, what about that locked door right there? What, what's, in that, what's in that junk closet right there? I want in there. Can you, can you let me into the junk closet in there? And we, we say, no, no, Jesus, that, that's just mine. That's my junk closet. That's my junk room. You are not allowed to go in there. We'll pretend like our house is all clean, but we have this hidden junk room, this hidden junk garage, this hidden junk closet, and we say, Jesus, you are not allowed in there. That's just for me to keep. You cannot have access to that area of my heart. Jesus, that's, that's my porn addiction. Let me just keep it right here in this closet, and you can't have access to it. Jesus, those are my anger issues. I can't let you have access to that. No, Jesus, I don't want you to deal with all these past traumas and hurts in my life. You can't have access to that. Jesus, I want to hold on to all this unforgiveness and hatred and bitterness in my heart. You're not allowed into that junk closet. Don't touch my greed, my pride, my fear, my tendency to gossip. That is all mine. You are not allowed in there. The tendency of us is to lock our sins behind a closet and refuse to give Jesus access to those areas of our lives. But if we are going to be different, if we are going to be new, if we are going to reset our hearts, we first have to surrender those junk closets of our hearts to Jesus. Because it's in surrendering to the Lord that we find freedom. It's in surrendering to the Lord that we find healing. What Jesus does is he takes ownership of our hearts and ownership of our house, and he says, hey, I, I want in this closet right here, and I'm going to keep knocking at this closet until you let me in because I need all of you, not just part of you. I want the junk. I want the trash. I want the things that you're deeply ashamed of. I want the things that you're in bondage over. I want the things that you can never seem to find freedom over. I don't just want this nice, cleaned up looking house. I want the dirty, messy house so that I can come and clean it and declutter it. You ever watch that show, Hoarders? 
And they go into those houses of people who had just collected just like garbage, just like newspaper, like every single newspaper for their whole life. They just collect garbage. And it's just sitting in their house, and it's just sitting and stinking. And what you find is when they go into those hoarder houses and they remove all the garbage, they'll find like dead animals. They'll find all these different things that they didn't know was there. And we are often hoarders in our own heart. That there's so much trash in there, and it stinks. And yet at the same time, we know the state of our heart, and yet so often we refuse to give Jesus access to those areas of our heart. We set up these walls to prevent Jesus. We lock the door. We say, no, Jesus, you can't have that now. That's mine, not yours. So what Jesus does is he says, let me in, let me in. When I was dealing with my anxiety stuff, we were doing healing prayer, and the Lord brought up uh, this sort of prophetic image as I was praying of uh, like stone walls that were built around my heart. The Lord just kept showing that to me over and over again, these brick walls that I had built up that Jesus couldn't go through because I had set up these walls, and I said, Jesus, you can't go through these brick walls. I've deemed it that you cannot get access to my heart because these brick walls are in the way, and the brick walls were fear that I didn't trust God, fear that God didn't truly want to heal me, fear of what God would say if he got access to those insecurities and past hurts in my heart, and I was so worried about what would happen, and Jesus said, Jeremy, I have to break down those walls before I can get into your heart. And so we have to confess our brokenness to the Lord. The solution, the solution to surrender is confession. The answer to surrendering our heart is to confess it to God. Joel, prophet Joel says this to God's people in Joel 2, 12 through 13. Prophet Joel just talked about this great calamity that's about to come on the people of God. And then the prophet ends with this. Even now, even in the midst of all this judgment, even in the midst of all the devastation I'm about to bring to your land, even now, return to me with all of your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. I just love that image there in verse 13. Rend your hearts, not your garments. One of the things that they would do in those days as an outward sign of repentance, they would literally tear their clothes put on sackcloth, which is like a rough, burly-type, scratchy fabric, and they would cover themselves in ashes. And what the prophet is saying is, I don't care about that outward show of religion if your heart is not inwardly in it. That I could care less about this outward show, about this outward things that you do, if your heart is not broken towards me, I don't care about that. Rend your heart before the Lord to tear open our hearts before God. John Wesley asked this sermon 
a very convicting sermon called The Almost Christian. And he lays out the almost Christian. He makes the distinction between an almost Christian and an altogether Christian. And he says an almost Christian is the one who does all the forms of a good Christian, all the outward things of a good Christian. They give money to the poor. They go to all the Bible studies. They do all the good things that good Christians should do. But their heart on the inside is not bent towards God. Their heart on the inside is still bent inwardly toward themselves, and they do not have for love of God and love of neighbor. John Wesley says, if you do the form of religion, but your heart is not bent towards God, if your heart is not bent towards neighbor out of love, it's useless. It's useless. So the call of God is to confess, to rend of our heart, to give that over to him. Confession is surrendering our hearts to the Lord. When we confess of our sins, what we're doing is we're unlocking the door to Jesus. And we're letting him into the junk of our lives. And we're showing it all to him. We're saying, Jesus, you can have access to that pile of junk that I've put up. Jesus, you can have access to the garbage. And in confession, we say, Lord, here is my mess. Do something with it. Confession is saying, here is the trash of my heart. Here is the area of my life that you are calling me to give over to you. Because if we truly believe in the power of the cross... And the power of the blood of Jesus to be, to set us free from the bondages of sin that cause us great shame. If we truly believe that the cross is power over sins, then why do we keep our sins hidden from the very person who can heal us and set us free? John Wesley said, know thy disease, know thy cure. Know the sickness of our hearts, but know of the cross that sets us free from the bondages of sin that cause us so much shame that we're afraid if someone in this room knew about what was in my junk closet, I would be rejected by them. But know that we have a God who has already searched your heart, has already seen the very worst has already seen all the mess and all the junk and all the trash and says, I still love you anyways. I still want to clean the room with you. I still want to set you free from all this. And that process in the faith we call sanctification. One of my favorite writers calls sanctification the second half of the gospel. That the first half of the gospel is justification, being alive to Christ. And the second half is the call to holiness. The call to being transformed and renewed into the image of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is going through the rooms of your heart right now, asking, can I have access to that junk closet? Can I have access to your trash room? Because I want to heal you. I want to set you free. I want something better for you. We're going to reset our heart before the fall. We need to first surrender our heart to the healer of a God who comes and cleans up all the junk in our lives because our God is faithful and he does what he promises. 
It's almost like learning to ride a bike. How many of you who are adults uh, still ride a bike with training wheels? Um, anyone? Anyone in this room? I'm not going to shame you, although me asking you to raise your hand is kind of like shaming you. But uh, most adults don't ride bikes with training wheels anymore, do they? Because it reaches a certain point where it's limiting your ability to go faster and it's limiting your ability to go on adventures and go and do things. And that's what sin impedes in our lives. That Jesus, in the process of sanctification, the process of holiness, in the process of becoming more like him and going deeper with him, it's him taking off the training wheels so that we can experience greater freedom in the gospel. That the gospel is about freedom from sin, not bondage to sin. And it's scary when you get the training wheels off, and it may hurt. It may hurt to have all the junk be exposed because you've buried it for so long or kept it trapped behind a closet door. But true freedom can never come unless we're willing to rip open the band-aid, rip open the closet door, and let Jesus in. I'm going to close with my favorite Tim Keller quote. He says this, The gospel is this, We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared to hope. And so, friends, today is a day to give all of your heart to Jesus, to give that room that you are thinking about right now that the Spirit has revealed to you, to give that over to the Lord. So we're going to do communion a bit differently today. We're going to start off with the prayer of confession. We're going to give Jesus the room in our heart that we have held back from him. Because it's in surrender that we find freedom. It's in surrender we find healing. We find a God who has come to give us more to life than we ever dreamed possible. So friends, would you say this communion confessional prayer with me together? Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. For Amen. Friends, I'm going to give you a time uh, to just confess that room to your heart that you need to hand over to Jesus. Maybe it's just giving your heart over for the first time to just take that space right now in prayer. Just give to Jesus what he's asking you, the room that he's knocking into, the closet he's knocking at.